Next, the golden days of radio. This is Frank Brzee inviting you to join me for the golden days of radio. Great moments from radio programs of the past, headlining some of the world's most famous personalities. On this program, we are featuring a salute to one of the great radio comedians during the 40s and 50s, Henry Morgan. Henry Morgan began his career in radio in the 30s, and by the mid-40s had one of the top comedy shows on the network. He satirized everyone, sometimes even the sponsor, which in several instances caused his show to be canceled. But he came back again and again. Today, Morgan is still on the air, every weekend on the NBC radio show Monitor. Here's a sketch from one of his shows in 1947. Arnold Stang plays Henry's friend, Gerard, as they go to meet a blind date. Okay, Gerard, uh, this is the apartment. I'll ring the bell. Oh, wait a second, Hank. Yeah? About this girl, Minerva. What about her? Tell me again. She's she... a swell girl, intelligent, a girl with brains. Hank, hmm? I don't walk along the street and whistle at a girl's brains. Oh, stop worrying. You'll meet her in a second. Gee, I hope we're not too early. Doris. Yes, Minerva? Are you sure this Gerard will like me? Of course. Henry told me that he loved the girl with brains. Yeah. Well, I've got no respect for fellas which is just interested in physical beauty. I resent that. Why? You're insulting Henry. Besides, Minerva, it's time for you to get dressed. Take off that apron and stop cleaning the house. Right after I vacuum the rug. I like everything neat. Okay, Gerard, I'll ring the bell. What have I got in there, a machine shop? <laughs> Nice to see you. Hello, Minerva, Doris, girls. This is my friend Gerard. Glad to know you, Gerard. Nice to you to show, Gerard. Hi <coughs> Hiya. Uh, excuse me, boys. I'll just go fix some drinks. Well, I'm just finishing vacuum the rug. Be true in a sec. Sit down, make yourself comfy. talking about Gerard's dog, Minerva. Oh, Gerard, you got a dog? Looks like it. <laughs> here, boys, here are your drinks. A great big scotch and soda. Oh, thank, oh, thank you. you. Thank I'll, you I'll uh, just put mine here for a second. Hey, not on the table. It's leather. Stains easy. Oh, well, I'll just put it on a sofa here. Not on a sofa. You can spill it. Well... In that case, here's the empty glass. Put it any way you like. You didn't have to drink it all down at one gulp. You could have put it on the coaster. I didn't want to wet it. I'll go in the 
kitchen fixing that a drink and bring it in. Oh, never mind. When I want it, I'll go in the kitchen and drink it over the sink. <laughs> oh, you silly Billy boy, yeah. I'm going inside and wash out the glass. Allow me to be a sec. Hurry back. You silly Billy dog, yeah. Doris, you really look wonderful tonight. Oh, thank you, Henry. You're sweet. No, I never noticed you had a little dimple in your chin. Didn't you? No, I didn't. I noticed it right away. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Gerard. Doris, did you see the Picasso paintings of the art gallery? Yes. I love his paintings, don't you? Yes. You do? Yes. Really? Yes, Gerard? You got a cigarette? Here you are, Gerard. You know, you're lovely tonight. Thanks, Hank. <laughs> you're welcome. Tell me, Doris, what do you think of the water shortage? I love it. <laughs> Don't you? Yes. Really? Yes. Honestly? Mmm, mmm. Hey, got a match? <laughs> Gerard, can't you see we're having an intellectual discussion? Mmm, mmm. <laughs> Here's your match. Doris, uh, how do you like wrestling on television? Love it. <laughs> Don't you? Mmm, mmm. Hank! Minerva! Oh, Gerard, are you smoking? Yeah, I didn't see any sign. <laughs> oh, it's all right. Here, let me empty the ashtray. I haven't even flicked yet. There's no ashes in it. Well, then just let me wipe it. I love to see everything neat. You do? Yeah. Then why don't you roll up your stockings? <laughs> Dress casual. Oh, Gerard, don't. What's the matter? Be careful what you're doing. I'm not even touching you. I mean, your cigarette ash, it's gonna fall. Well, I can't help it, it's gravity. <laughs> I mean, flick it in the ashtray. I don't wanna dirty it. Then what are you gonna do with it? Oh, I guess I'll just swallow it. Uh, Minerva, I have a good idea. Yeah? You recite poetry so well, why don't you recite some of it now? Yes, that's a very good idea. Oh, all right. Thanks. Yeah? What are you two getting up for? Oh, well, we thought we might take a walk. I think I'll take a walk, too. What am I gonna do? Is the woodwork all dusted? <laughs> oh, all right. We'll all stay and listen to Minerva recite poetry. All right. Everybody get comfy. I'll start with a poem by Keats. Gerard, you comfy, Wumpy? Yeah, I'm very comfy, Wumpy. Oh, I'm dying. <laughs> this is Ode on a Grecian Nine by John Keats. Thou still unravished bride of quietness, thou foster child of silence and slow time, sylvan historian who can't Gesundheit thus express <laughs> a flowery tale more sweetly than our rhyme. What men or gods are these? What maidens luck? What mad pursuit? 
What struggle to escape? What pipes and timbrels? What wild ecstasy? What's eating you? Uh, Gerard, maybe you know a poem. Well, I know one, but I'd rather not recite it. Oh, come on, Gerard. Beg me. <laughs> pretty please for pretty Beniva. Oh, I'm positively dying. <laughs> well, all right. <clears throat> Whether you are near or far, wherever you may roam, if you like good home-cooked meals, don't roam. Stay home. <laughs> Who wrote that, for goodness sake? I think Nick Kenny. <laughs> oh, I know one. How they brought the good news from Ghent to Way by Robert Browning. Don't you love that one, Henry? No. How they brought the good news from Ghent to Way by Robert Browning. I sprang to the stirrup, and Yoris and he, they galloped. We galloped all three. Well, I guess it's time to go home. Oh, boy, stay a while. Well, maybe a little while. Good speed, cried the watchers. The gate bolts unblue. No, I gotta go home. Come on, Henry. Well, I don't know. Maybe in half an hour. Speed, echoed the wall to us galloping through. I'm coming, Gerard. Well, goodbye. Um, <laughs> goodbye, girls. I'll call you tomorrow, Doris. Goodbye. Gee, Gerard, I bet the girls are terribly disappointed that we left so early. Maybe we ought to go back in. Nah, don't be crazy. Let's go home. Oh, they're probably sitting behind the door. They're eating their hearts out. Wonder what they're doing. A popular quiz show of the 40s was Dr. IQ, and Henry Morgan presented a spoof of that show, and here it is. One of the most popular programs on the air today is, uh, it's an old one, but it's still popular. It's a quiz show conducted by a Dr. Ick. At least, uh, I think that's the way you pronounce it. It's spelled IQ in the newspapers. <laughs> anyway, for those of you who may have missed it lately, uh, maybe it's something like this. Would you introduce me, Ed? Oh, glad <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the makers of Totter's Pure Tar Gum now bring you your favorite quiz program. Yes, Totter's Gum is made from pure tar. Chew a pack today and see if you too don't have a breath like Highway 66. <laughs> and now, here is your genial quiz master, Dr. I.J. the Mental Fox. Thank you. May I introduce my assistants, Mr. Jonathan Stanton in the left orchestra. Thank you, Doctor. Mr. Walt Jordan in the right orchestra. Thank you, Doctor. Mr. Daniel Trumbull in the rear orchestra. <laughs> Mr. Daniel Trumbull in the rear orchestra. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Trumbull, you should be in the orchestra. In that case, I will leave you alone. Thank you, Doctor. Enjoy. Now, <laughs> now may we have our first contestant, Mr. Jonathan Stanton, in the left orchestra. I have a gentleman, Doctor. Twenty silver dollars to that gentleman, if he can tell me. What do you get when you cross plums and peaches? You get nectarines. Oh, I'm sorry. But if you cross plums and peaches, you get pleaches. But give that gentleman a box of Carter's Tar Gum now, Mr. Walter Jordan, in the right orchestra. I have a gentleman, Doctor. Forty silver dollars to that gentleman if he can answer this musical question. In the second movement of Beethoven's Sonata in A minor for piano and viola, what is the first note on the third page? 
Would you repeat that question? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, could you at least give me a hint? Yes. His first name is Ludwig. <laughs> Can you give me another hint? Very well. When you're at the seashore, what is it you see? Uh, 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 C. The first note on the third page is C. Oh, I'm sorry, but I think you'll find that the first note is F sharp. <laughs> but you gave me a hint and you kept saying seashore. That's right. That was a hint for you to go to the seashore. You look pale. What about the butter gum to that young man? Mr. Stanton in the left orchestra. I have a lady, Doctor. Eighteen silver dollars to that lady if she can tell me what Juliet said to Romeo from the balcony. She said, Romeo, Romeo, wherefore art thou Romeo? Oh, I'm sorry, but I asked you to tell me what she said from the balcony. You said it from the orchestra. <laughs> okay, so I'll go up in the balcony and say it. No, you've already said it. Well, I just thought of something else to say, and I can say this right to your face. You Stop that woman's one. mouth with 18 silver dollars about the part of gum. Next contestant, Mr. Jordan in the right orchestra. I have a gentleman, Doctor. Well, silver dollars to that gentleman if he can answer this question. What two presidents had the same name? Uh, Roosevelt. Oh, I'm sorry. But I asked you for two presidents, and you gave me only one. <laughs> well, I, I mean Theodore and Franklin. Oh, I'm sorry. But Theodore and Franklin are not the same name. But a box of delicious powders are come to that gentleman. And you... You folks, try Tartar's bubble gum too. Chew it and swallow it. The bubble forms in your stomach. There's no danger of it bursting in your face. Hey, we have another contestant, Mr. Trumbull. I have a lady who wants another lady in the balcony, Doctor. I'll send up Mr. Stanton. Next, please. <laughs> Mr. Jordan. I, I have a lady, Doctor. Thirty-eight silver dollars to that lady if she can answer this question. Now be on your toes for this one. What is the capital of New York? Albany. Oh, I'm sorry. But I was watching you. You were not on your toes. But a box of tempting powder comes to that lady. I have a gentleman, Doctor. You have a gentleman, very good. Thirty-two silver dollars to that gentleman if he can give me the last line to this famous poem. No coaching, please. Ready? Here's the poem. Wenn ich in deinen Augen sehe, so schwindet all mein Leiden weh. Doch wenn ich küsse deinen Mond, blank, 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 blank. What is the last line? No coaching, if you please. Well, this is just a guess, but is it so werde ganz und gar Well... How did you know that poem? My grandmother told me. I'm sorry, I said no coaching, not even your grandmother. What about the card? Come to that gentleman. Mr. Mr. Jordan? I have a gentleman, Doctor. Here is our regular feature, the tongue twister. Eighty silver dollars to that lucky gentleman if he can repeat this sentence after me exactly as I say it. Listen carefully. I can only say it once. Said Flora to Florence... Don't flatter my father. My flippin' father finds flattery foolish. Said Florence to Flora, your flather fatters, your... your floppin' feather... Deep? Bloom? Flam? Blue? Listen carefully, I can only say it once. Your flither's footer. Your flither's footer. 
Your body's flew, by Give that gentleman a box of toilet gum and a fleam. I have a gentleman, doctor. Forty-five silver dollars to that gentleman if he can tell me. If he can tell me what is the chemical composition of water. Well, water is an oxide of hydrogen being a mixture of several types of molecules, H2O3 and especially H2O2 predominating. So if you prepare pure hydrogen and burn it in air, it'll form the compound known as water. Why have you been withholding this information from the mayor of New York? <laughs> but everybody knows that. Except the mayor. Well, give that man... Give that... <laughs> give that man 45 silver dollars and two clouds. Uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Jordan. I have a gentleman, doctor. 25 silver dollars to that gentleman if he can tell me how you detect a counterfeit bill. Well, the border design of a genuine bill includes an intricate lace-like network of fine white lines. The patterns for these lines are produced by a machine known as a geometric lathe. In a genuine bill, these lines are clear, but in a counterfeit bill, the border is too dark because of inferior etching. Let me ask you another question. <laughs> how many other guys are in this with you? I refuse to answer that on the grounds that might incriminate me Very well, give that man a pound of silver Let him make his own $25 Next contestant, please I have a young man, doctor Oh, I'm sorry, I have no more silver dollars to offer Oh, come on, doc, I'll take anything <laughs> Old clothes, burnt out bulbs, nifty magazines, anything Well, I have a right-wrong category uh, I give you a statement and you tell me whether it's right or wrong. Ready? Right. Wrong. Next question. <laughs> the name of the man who invented the airplane was not right. Wrong. Wrong. It was right. But right or wrong. The past tense of ring is wrong. Wrong. No, it's rang. You're wrong. It's a swindle. Right or wrong. The opposite of right is wrong. Right. Wrong. Right is wrong. Wrong is right. Right? Right. Wrong. But you're wrong. But it's right. That's right. You're wrong. But what is the opposite of right if not wrong? Not right? I said the opposite of right is wrong, and you said right, but that's wrong. It's not right because wrong is right when I say right or wrong, and it can't be right if it's wrong, right? Right. Oh, I'm sorry, but I think if you look that up, you'll find we're both wrong. But a box of cards come to that gentleman, and good night. Thank you. All right, Dave, the metal box. And every morning we'll be back at the same point in front of the cigar store next week at the same time. Goodbye. <laughs> I think that's one of the funniest routines I've ever heard in my life. One of my favorite Henry Morgan parodies was that of the popular John J. Anthony program. From time to time on this program, we present the John J. Morgan Trouble Clinic, which helps people get rid of the troubles they have and take on some bigger ones. <laughs> Friends, do you have troubles? Then bring them to the John J. Morgan Trouble Clinic and watch them increase under Mr. Morgan's skilled analysis. <laughs> and here he is, John J. Morgan. Good evening. Our first case, sir, is the case of Miss D.H., and here is Miss D.H. How do you do? Please, uh, don't touch the microphone. <laughs> And now, what is your problem? I have no problem. And what are you doing at this microphone? Please don't touch it. I thought this was a quiz show. Oh, you did, did you? Now, you say you have no problem. Is that right? Yes, sir. 
Well, we'll see about that. Now, <laughs> first, this man you married, this swaggering, ill-bred, loathsome, philandering fortune hunter who plied you with empty promises and took advantage of your youth. What about him, eh? I'm not married, Mr. Morgan. Uh-huh. Refused to marry you, did he? <laughs> did you go to the police? The what? The police. Police. Police, don't touch the microphone. <laughs> Why should I go to the police? Why? Now, let's review this as far as we've gone. If this suspicious character, whom you've been hiding and sheltering, has committed a series of dastardly crimes, you're equally guilty. Do you realize that, madam? I, I, I don't know what... I... And you say you have no problem? What is your advice, Mr. Morgan? My advice to you, madam, is to get a good lawyer, plead guilty, and throw yourself on the mercy of the court. <laughs> that, madam, is my advice to you. Our next case, Mr. Morgan, is the case of Mr. F.O.B., Detroit. And what is your problem, sir? Please remember, I cannot help you if you persist in lying. Well, my wife... Please, don't touch the microphone. Well, my wife... No names, please. Well, my wife... Try to control yourself, please. My wife and I want a divorce. I see. Well, that's perfectly natural for a young married couple. Yeah, but we can't afford a divorce. You should have thought about that before you got married. Anyway, my Try wife... Try to control yourself, please. My wife thought that if I could get a job, we could save up enough for the divorce. No. You cannot successfully combine a career and marriage. Yeah, but we want a divorce. No, you cannot successfully combine marriage and divorce. Well, my wife... I notice, sir, that this same woman keeps coming up in your conversation. <laughs> Perhaps you'd better explain your relationship to her. I'm her husband. Then am I to understand that this woman whom you married is your wife? Yes, sir. How long have you been married? Five years. We have five children. Try to control yourself. <laughs> My advice to you, sir, is to get a good lawyer, plead guilty, and throw yourself on the mercy of the court. Our next case is the case of Mr. M.J. Please hurry, our time's getting short. Well, my problem, Mr. Morgan, Please is... don't touch the microphone. Well, I wanted your advice about... Please don't touch the microphone, that's my advice to you. <laughs> that was the John J. Morgan Trouble Clinic, brought to you every so often as a public service. <laughs> Well, that wraps up this edition of the Golden Days of Radio and our salute to Henry Morgan. Now here's a thought to remember. The cash register, an American invention, rang up a gross national product of almost $800 billion in the United States last year, which gave Americans, after taxes, a personal income of over $500 billion. It's American know-how that keeps this country the best. Now, this is Frank Brzee in Hollywood, California, inviting you back next time for more great shows and personalities. This is the American Forces Radio and Television Service.